0: Bonus, bonus experience, experience.
1: It's like BXP, but smaller and less organized.
0: I'm Ray. I'm Monica. You know us because you probably already listened to bonus experience. I don't know why you would listen to this without listening to bonus experience, too.
1: (laughs) That's kind of an edge case. I mean, I guess someone could pick up the show while we're doing these um, preview bonus episodes and be like, well, I guess I'll just start with the most recent release which would true. be this one true
0: this is a patreon preview
1: patreon patreon <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my er,
1: horn noise anyway uh
0: this is the sort of shit you could get if you're a patron of our patreon if you're patreonizing us
1: yeah please patronize <laughs> us but don't patronize us
0: this bonus episode is a homebrew jam put some sick beats under that phrase margaret
1: thank you thank you (laughs) killing it margaret killing it what's a homebrew jam yeah we're gonna have an open discussion about a subject that we're gonna design on the fly and it is almost always going to use an existing system thus homebrew also i thought homebrew jam sounded more fun than like design jam or hack jam hack jam yeah that like, way. like if you're gonna hack the system hack the mainframe I guess so like I'm thinking of it as a literal jam
0: is probably my problem and I think that's because I made bread today and um, everything
1: smells like bread lots of things are bread with you <laughs> I-, I
0: am bready mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't let's try to come up with something cool maybe even something playable yeah, Let's and see maybe if maybe we can inspire someone else to finish our shitty work.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. What are we doing right, today? Are, what are, what are we doing? Are we, up? are we paying Margaret to do this anyway? Um, tonight's recipe is oh. Pokemon by the Apocalypse. That's right. That's right. Playing Pokemon.
0: Okay using Powered by the Apocalypse. Did you not think it would be a Powered by the Apocalypse episode? I don't know, I
1: don't, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you if you didn't think that this is going to be a PBTA discussion for our first jam.
0: All right, so what are we talking about? We want to emulate the game of Pokemon through the Powered by the Apocalypse system.
1: Right, so this was actually a conversation we had via many texts many moons ago. Uh, in November, actually, I remember when that happened because I was at an anime con and I encountered someone who was all like, oh, you do the game design. I'm playing Pokemon in D&D. And I'm like, the f- oh, okay. Ooh. OK. Wow. Yeah.
0: All right. A D20 Pokemon. Well, that would be very crunchy and would probably give the hardcore Pokemon battlers like the sort of satisfaction they're looking for. I really like Pokemon for the fact that you can like form a bond with your favorite cute animal and or kick ass animal and you know make it do cool shit in fights right and so So i I think that's what this game would be for as opposed to the people that are like raising their evs and shit right um
1: sure i definitely agree with that (laughs) uh and so i I actually asked this person why did you choose that system and they were basically like because that's what i know i mean that's fair. (laughs) fair answer and so i was like well allow me i can show you the world <laughs> <laughs> it starts with powered by the apocalypse uh yeah so i pointed out that if you're writing a dnd class you basically have to do like 30 levels worth of design mm-hmm. and yeah there's uh like um pathfinder i think has the character that gets the, the class that gets the eidolons and there's other summoners. There's there's summoning stuff in there. And then you could certainly use that. But then you then also have to write up an individual stat block for every single Pokemon.
0: Yup. So It is a
1: huge amount of work. What so, an undertaking. Right. And not that hacking a PBTA game from the ground up is not going to be a lot of work, but it's a little bit less work. Yes. So yeah. the first thing I pointed out that I think our PB, our, our Pokemon by the Apocalypse game should definitely have is to take a lot of the archetypes that you see in characters, both from the games and the TV show, which I haven't watched since I was a child, um, and turn them into playbooks. Okay, are are you talking about like like the trainer
0: class, like like hex maniac or like Pokemon veteran? Yeah, like that so level. You could,
1: okay. Yeah, you could. I think that you could take like Pokemon breeder and have that be a playbook. Okay. Yeah. Um and like depending on how balanced you want it to be, you could even have gym leader be a playbook. Okay. Cuz I that, that would, would be interesting. I would play the hell out of a gym leader.
0: Yeah, it would tie you down to one location though. But I guess if you're playing like in the in the original flavor apocalypse now. It's not apocalypse now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the, the smell the, of
1: partial successes in the morning. In
0: the original flavor apocalypse world, you've got hard holder which would tie you down to one location so i don't see why you couldn't have gym leader yeah gym leader but the flavor of pokemon is very much like going from town to town so that might change the change the
1: themes a bit or i mean you could you know have uh, the playbook for an allowance for a gym leader to like be away from their gym for the story
0: Oh, like Misty and Brock style? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I guess we're not gym leaders
1: anymore. (laughs) Well, like you wouldn't have to give up your like you could even hard code into the playbook that you have to return to your gym every so often. Yeah, okay. But you could be traveling with the group to fulfill whatever, like depending on the plot structure of your game. So we could have you could have breeder, you could have gym leader. Um you could actually take the whole like Satoshi slash ash main character of every Pokemon game, like the plucky kid like the hero kid as like the future uh, future champion yeah like a future champion type playbook which could almost look like um what is it the chosen one from monster of the week yeah yeah the one that's the buffy yeah and so you could you could you could have something like that so they aren't necessarily the most powerful character but maybe the one with the most opportunity for growth or uh the one that has uh the biggest benefit to having relationships with any kind of pokemon as opposed to a specific kind of pokemon
0: right and and if you wanted to like really tie that into like some of the cute shit that ash's character had to like bring to light about the world through through his own character arc it could involve shit like your pokemon will gain powers or or levels or whatever we end up with faster but now they have more of a chance to like disobey you. Like that's something that only the future champion has to deal with because his Pokemon are growing too fast or whatever. He's a whatever. he's naive and it's all about his relationship right. with his with his guys.
1: Right his so cool that, that's guys. Yeah. So that's like your main character kid. Uh and yeah. then and then you could have a category for all the weird people who you encounter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You gotta have a shorts boy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, probably don't have to have a shorts shorts boy, boy. but there should be a shorts
1: boy option somewhere in one of the playbooks. Shorts boy is probably an NPC, but like the people who you meet in the gyms, like or the dedicated trainers you meet like on the road or whatever, like your hikers, your bug collectors. What
0: what I like is the is the potential to have these playbooks also designate your Pokemon types because when you run into these trainer classes, you can you can like, okay, this is a Hex maniac, going to be a lot of ghost types. right This is a a lad. There's going to be a lot of bug types or normal types.
1: So you could have like Pokemon Enthusiast being a separate playbook from Future Champion um and then the Pokemon Enthusiast then you pick what kind of enthusiast you are. So are you a Hex Nut what? Hex hex maniac maniac uh, <laughs> uh a lad a swimmer a hiker uh but whatever I, but i psychic.
0: like i like i like forcing the trainer classes into the playbooks themselves as opposed to just there's pokemon champion but then there's pokemon enthusiast because then it 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 cuts down on It's almost like, it's. I mean, it's basically almost uh, assigning, like, classes to these different types of people that you could be. It's like, okay, you're a hiker, which means Mm -hmm. you can choose from rock, ground, and fighting types. Yes. So so it's not like you have the whole breadth of the 750 or however many there are now. It's, okay, well, you're a beauty, so your Pokemon has to be pretty. (laughs) It's like, you can have any Pokemon you want,
1: it's just got to be pretty. Right. So, like... The way I would do that is I would put all of those because you don't want like twenty-eight different uh playbooks that basically do the same thing. So you put no, all of them. I, I under say the, pick
0: like the seven most popular
1: ones, like Fox right, right, Maniac. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you put all of those under the umbrella of enthusiast, and then you pick which kind of enthusiast you are.
0: I guess. And then that know. then
1: you, you pick your Pokemon which must have these keywords, ghost, pretty bug but then
0: we've we've taken it from okay we have a good pool of of potential playbooks to okay so far we have two we have four we have the pokemon champion we have champion future, gym, champ- future gym, champion, future champion future champion
1: gym leader, uh, gym leader breeder enthusiast. and enthusiast and then oh. you have you have your team rocket skull whatever the other ones were called what
0: does the breeder do oh you know that's a good question <laughs> See, that's why I'm saying keep with it, because the trainer class like, like dictates what kind of, it it almost suggests like what kind of personality, what kind of abilities, what kind of Pokemon they would have, much like, like the character archetypes in Monster of the Week. So I guess,
1: I guess what the struggle with the breeder archetype is, is that I don't necessarily know that there are enough characters under that umbrella. Right. Because I'm also not into the deep Pokemon lore. (gasps) No. So I'm so like, what characters? Because because the, the the playbook design should really uh, convey character archetype. Like, mm-hmm. what types of characters exist in this narrative?
0: I'm specifically choosing from the pool of NPCs that exist in the game worlds. Okay, like the like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! There's like a whole fucking list of it on Bulbapedia, and I don't okay. want to go look at it. But there's a, <laughs> but there's a couple that show up in like in like every game. Like there's the the fishermen who okay. they're just they just have a lot of Water type Pokemon. Like it's it, like they they're, they're they're basically like Pokemon like character class.
1: Okay, so- which is why
0: I defaulted to that for for the right. playbooks because okay. it's a pretty good
1: it's a pretty good one for one. So if you. Uh, if you would in- instead prefer to have those trainers be broken down by like trainer Pokemon type, how would you distinguish them mechanically? That's because the I- thing. Because yeah, right. Now we need to get into how do we handle the Pokemon themselves? Right. So I guess we can put a pin in that for a second, because my point is that there's not enough difference between the fisherman and the lad to make them two different things.
0: I'm saying that there's a big difference because the lad's going to have access to look, my my. What I'm rolling with is I, okay. the lad's going to have bug type and normal type, right. and then we create moves based on these are the sort of Pokemon that this guy would have. Oh, okay. And then the so- fisherman is going to have a whole bunch of magic carp, <laughs> and we're going to have right. moves based on. Okay, you have six magic carp. Okay. Here's what you
1: do. <laughs> All right. So, I think we're actually talking past each other because oh, the, way, no. the way I see this is that the depending on how we set up fishermen and well, depending on how we set up Pokemon, Let, let's let's hear, I'm going to go to right, the list just, of Pokemon cl- right. trainer classes. And right. we're going to just pick a couple. So my point is that the way those two characters interact with their Pokemon in the context of the narrative of the game is not different enough to make them have different moves. You don't think so, huh? No, I think that if you're defining these character classes with moves based around how they relate to their Pokemon, uh, but the kind of the the generic NPC like the hiker, the fisherman, the lad, the PEX maniac, are people who are obsessed with one specific kind of Pokemon. They relate to their Pokemon all kind of in the same way mechanically, in that the Pokemon helps them do a thing that they are into, like sometimes their job, sometimes their hobby, uh, and that. Uh you know they are the person who you they're not like driven to success like the future champion is uh and they're not like fixtures of society like the gym leader is they are just person who has pokemon and it is usually all of one type or one and another type so where where I'm
0: coming from where what I'm envisioning with these with these playbooks and how the character itself is like played. Is okay. it's not so much about the person who has the Pokemon as it uh-huh. is the Pokemon, and the two, the two, the two are basically inextricable in the system. It's not okay. so much like oh I ran into a hiker as it is I ran into a Geodude and then an Onix and then a Machop, or okay. Ma- Machop. It's Macho right. with a P, Machop. So okay. I I basically uh, think of like fusing those two concepts of due to as pokemon and the pokemon themselves. So it's not okay. moves that are I'm a guy and I here's what you know I do with my pokemon so much as your playbook is the
1: is the pokemon that you have. Is the pokemon. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think we're looking we're both looking at pokemon as moves sort of. Sort of. I think so. okay. So how, yes. how would how would you do it then?
0: Um let me th- I'm looking at hiker right now. Okay. Fighting ground rock type. So I would have the hiker would have moves that relate to something that a fighting Pokemon could do that isn't necessarily like in a battle. Or something that a probably a little more easy because fighting is such a weird fucking type. A ground, a ground Pokemon, something that a ground Pokemon could do. Like think, think of it um like uh, uh like HMs. Like you can use us from the right, map. Right, right. Like you've got a ground Pokemon. It knows Dig. So maybe one of your moves is just straight up Dig, because you're a hiker. You have access to this move that lets you, you know, what would Dig do? It lets you, you know, travel faster. You can get out of. As seen faster, or you know, we come up with the actual like mechanic for it. But Mm -hmm. that—that's how I envision it. It's not so much the hiker using that move, so much as the hiker going, "Doug Trio, use Dig," and that's what he has access to, because he's the hiker. He's
1: got fighting or ground or rock type. Right. Okay. Um. So I kind of picture Pokemon as being like, like I said, like like moves basically. So like. You have a Doug trio, um, and so then you get to assign certain qualities to it, and then the Doug trio knows dig. It knows earthquake. It knows tackle, which is not a ground type so move. It was just the first you're thinking of the I Pokemon as like
0: a a separate creature that you stat out, kind of like kind a, of like other pet class playbooks.
1: Yeah. So so oh, so kind okay. of like you have. So let's let's. Under my concept, you have like Pokemon enthusiast. you have a hiker hiker chooses you know, like you pick your type I've decided to be a hiker Pokemon enthusiast, which means that locks me into ground type and fighting type, right okay so then i choose i i pick from like a a list of things where you could just for simplicity's sake, I would probably say that you can name any Pokemon and then pick traits from a list and then access to a handful of 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 preset moves or preset abilities and that like so you can build any Pokemon you want using tags or specific moves. Right. I also love to overcomplicate things, so that may be a bit much. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think just just allow, allowing them to say you have whatever Pokemon you want with right. so then, like, two I can, tags, I and say... then the tags are just the types. Like, oh, I have right. a Emolga, so it's tagged Electric Flying.
1: Right. And that's all so you I, I. Right. I don't even know what that is, because I'm... It's one Pokemon of the Pikachu XPs. <laughs> okay. Um, so, like, I'm just going to stick to the ones that I know, which are all going to be original 151. I'm old. It's I'm sorry. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, like, so you, and then, like, maybe part of the preset of being the Pokemon enthusiast is that your team is always three Pokemon. And there are any three rock fighting or ground type that you want. So, I like Onyx. He's a giant rock snake. Cool. I have, a, I have an Onyx. I like. Geodude, he's cute. I have Geodude. I have Doug Trio. He's also like three little penises. He's cute. He's like
0: three, Boom. Gu- I don't know, three guys? Three, three guys?
1: Three little hot dogs? Uh, three little dicks? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> those are my three. And then, because I've, ch- I've chosen my type, I've picked my three Pokemon. Uh, then I get to basically assign moves that my team knows. And then, as long as I'm fighting, I have access to those moves okay like earthquake like dig like um, uh, rock slide
0: well i like the idea of i'm always going to be on the side of you guys can have pokemon and it's going to be like any pokemon you want it's going to be super simple to replicate them in the system because i don't want to have to stat them all out individually i'm i'm worried right. that going with that model means we're gonna have a hard time coming up with at least you know five or six playbooks Okay,
1: so we, we already have four. Assuming we can we can figure out what the breeder does,
0: and why. But why would a team member like a rocket team, rocket or team flare or whatever, be with the party? Because they're all well, they're fair. always rivals. They're all they're always or not rivals.
1: They're always like enemies. They're always kind of bad guys. Yeah, um, though. I mean, if you look at Jesse and James from the TV show, they weren't always in the main character's way. Yeah, and they, but weren't they, always doing, but and they weren't always doing bad things.
0: They're such good NPCs though.
1: Yeah. And if we though, and if
0: we were to homebrew this out into like a full thing, we would have to, you know, come up with like, you know, fronts or whatever the front but,
1: would like s- synthesis would be. And we one of those would have and, to be a team. And depending on well, like, okay, so if you want to be a member of Team Rocket, then another team is the bad guys. Yeah, okay. All right, competing, uh, and so. also people fucking love Team Skull. Yeah, Team Skull's great. <laughs> and also, they're really kind of just doofy. They're not even evil. They're not even really doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> just and like doing their like own. they just they, they dress a particular way, and like they're in your way and are annoying. But
0: Team Skull and is probably- kind of an, like it's kind, they're
1: kind of the exception. Like
0: in other games, the sure. teams get
1: really nefarious. I mean, like Team Rocket's goal, in theory, was to steal Pokemon, but the two character, the, the Jesse and James, never really did any of that. Mm, no, and we're often more decent people than some other people in the setting. And can you can you think of people who, like, at least are our age who would pick this up and be like, "Can I play Team Rocket?" Oh, I
0: think what what's what's happening here is is you're designing from the TV side, and I'm designing from the ds game side
1: well like i've seen the tv show which again is filtered through what i remember as an adult because i literally have not watched it since i was in middle school uh and the first game which see my points about being from my childhood and like i think i played ruby and sapphire in college oh and then henry played the most recent one the one where you're in not Hawaii, yeah. Sun and, Moon. Sun and Moon with Team Skull. Okay, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, with Sun and Moon was really kind of sweet. And I played Pokemon Go for a while while it was super popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, uh, I played with uh, Henry's Pokemon of me in a bunch of different games because I really like Esper and I just want to pet it. Just want to pet Um so <laughs> <laughs> I have I have several Esper plushies. I have a big one and a little one, and they're currently sitting on my shelf. Do they all have that thousand-yard stare? Uh Uh-huh. They do. Excellent. It's a feature. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I don't really know like the deep lore of Pokemon. So, I'm trying to approach it from like what would I want to replicate in a story? Mm -hmm. Based on the closest thing I can think of to a narrative, which is of course a TV show. (laughs) Right?
0: Well, I mean, that's I mean, the narrative in Pokemon tends to be like the the two plots of you're trying to become champion and also this team is up to no good or this enemy is up to no good. And it involves a legendary Pokemon of some kind that might be a god (laughs) and will also, for some reason, let you put it in a little ball. (laughs) Right. Like that tends to be Pokemon. Pokemon is at, at its heart about having really cool little monster guys that love you very much and get into really cool fights. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Pokemon.
1: So if we're not going to break down on narrative lines, where would you break it down instead? Instead of narrative lines? I mean, like if you're not going to follow things like character archetypes like Gym Leader or future champion or team rocket grunt or whatever where would you break it down
0: hmm. i i would break it down by pokemon type i would i would try to collect okay. the types into 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 bundles i guess into modes that you could then choose from as your playbooks Like, if if it wasn't going to go by narrative archetype or by, like, character type, it would go by, all right, do you want to be the guy that has, you know, fairy, normal, and psychic, or do you want to be the guy that has ghost, poison, and grass? Obviously, ghost, poison, and grass. (laughs) That's, I think that's a pretty good spread. I'm sure that (laughs) one of my Pokemon friends will listen to this and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) That's the worst. I, so I guess we, weaknesses. Should,
1: we should also maybe roll all of this back, all this nearly 30 minutes of actually pretty good discussion on like, what does, what is Pokemon even? Yeah, uh, And like establish perhaps what we think is the most important thing. What is, what is, if we're going to capsule, encapsulate Pokemon into a role-playing experience, what is the the important most important part like what is this game about
0: to me the most important part of pokemon is i think it's i think i already said it having having really cool guys that are totally like my dudes like we are friends and we fight and travel together and they do really cool elemental fights
1: so what is the player character's relation to the to the dudes should that be
0: left up to the player character like well mechanically Oh, but are you,
1: are you like, okay, so are you the Pokemon trainer from Super Smash Brothers where the, the human is in the background and cannot be interacted with and the things that are actually doing the fighting are the team of Pokemon? Oh, I, I, or kind, are of, you, I kind of like, a or, are you the, or are you the main character of a Pokemon game where you're running around on your bike? Fighting things in the tall grass Beating up children for their money and, like, <laughs> uh, You know Picking up any item you find on their I house. like a
0: synthesis of the two I like there to be okay. like a really Like permeable boundary Between Human Pokemon trainer and The really cool Pokemons <laughs> Okay
1: So like we didn't establish this beforehand So both of us are sort of arguing from two Very different points of view yeah. because I, I would want i would want to create a pokemon game that is about the player character obviously like the adventure and the like being a dirty child on a bike or a dirty young adult whatever they don't have to be kids um and like exploring this like the exploration seems important to me uh, having a team that has a relation to you is seems really important to me. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the things I really liked about the more modern games was that like you had the Pokemon and me, exactly. Where you could go put yeah. them and then like and then so you could actually use like t- transform like bonds or sex moves into pokemon relationship moves
0: i'm really uncomfortable that we mentioned sex moves. i mean
1: i said shouldn't call them sex moves but that is the the framework for which one character relates to another
0: i'm worried though that pokemon can off like the actual little not
1: endorsing fucking pokemon (laughs)
0: please do not do this thing um i i'm worried that the monsters themselves themselves become like like the like the loot cycle and every other rpg where it's like oh i got this sword but oh here's a better sword i throw this old sword away like that's that's kind of what they come down to like system like system wise in the game like okay right. i had this pikachu but now i've got this a uh, fucking marieb that's got way better stats so i'm gonna ditch this pikachu um but you don't want to do that in a game that's narrative-focused because that wasn't a sword you threw out. That was a living creature that you were de- developing a bond with. That's why I like the idea of there not being a really clear line between are you playing a trainer or are you playing the Pokemon? Because, and especially as far as the lore is concerned, those should be enmeshed. That's why I also have right. dev- defaulted to, okay, well, you your playbooks are your character or your, uh, your trainer class because the Hex Maniac always has ghost types and it's always like the same like like three or four guys because those are her guys. She's not playing it like the eight-year-old who's gonna be a champion and is switching monsters out for stats because that's her ghastly. She caught it when she was four and they're best friends. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. So that's where we definitely agree and that's where you could totally have I have a ghastly and then it has this choice of ghost moves. Because it doesn't really matter in a tabletop game whether or not ghastly can learn exactly the same moves it learns in the game and we
0: absolutely will not do that
1: <laughs> No, we absolutely will not. Do that. i
0: just don't uh, have the patience or time
1: right so the, like you can also condense a whole bunch of ghost moves into like the idea of ghost moves yeah because here's here's where if you listen to one of our previous episodes game feel is important you want the moves that this pokemon can learn to be i totally brain it, to feel like ghost moves Yes, maybe with a couple iconic ones, but like it's maybe going to be a list of 6. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh so where the character gets their moves is from their pokemon and the basic moves with maybe one or two alterations comes from your from your um playbook.
0: Yes, I like that. That's that's so what I'm
1: going with. I I think we might long-term run into trouble this is where i would be like just write it and we'll test it Uh, (laughs) long-term trouble where um if you do playbooks that are blocked off by uh pokemon type then you run into the to the biggest archetype that people are going to want to play which is like the main character of a game or like an ash character how do you how do you make that work in a way that is not just better than being locked into one? Exactly. Place? You have to balance it in some way.
0: That's why I was already thinking about like, okay, well, maybe the future champion, you know, they one of the benefits is they're not locked by type, but then the downside is your your Pokemon your Pokemon outlevel you and they don't obey you anymore, which is, you know, that's something that happens in the game. It's something that happens in the
1: show. Um so you can have a basic move that's basically like command pokemon which then you know on a on a success like the pokemon does what what you tell it to it it will take an action from one of its whatevers Mm -hmm. uh on uh a seven and nine like there's no collateral damage it it doesn't take liberties with your order yeah Um, on a seven
0: and nine it's pick one on a miss, yeah, it's on pick, pick one, two.
1: Pick but, two, but for the Pokemon and if, champion, you, maybe you
0: always pick right. two. And if you miss, right. the, the 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 if you miss, yeah, the GM makes a hard move, yeah, 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 something like that. Like you actually get a downgraded move because that's the balance, that's the balancing act of well, you're a future champion, so you can have whatever type you like, but there's you know, here's the payment for that,
1: right? So, so I guess so. What you're saying is that the future champion runs the risk of harsher failures right
0: or i I mean i'm i'm not married i'm not married to that i just agree that if we say the future champion can have a pikachu and a squirtle and a charizard and a fucking rowlet then there should be something to balance that out because they're also traveling with the you know former gym member that can only have water
1: types you know (laughs) right but i mean but also Like, okay, so let's say you have a gym leader who is currently let's talk about what the gym leader playbook might look like. Yeah, okay. So um let's so gym leaders also are figures of authority, right? Mm -hmm. So they probably have some kind of default move or like well, you know, everything is a move, even if it's passive that like gets them plus one forward if they need to acquire resources or something like that. So maybe there's a basic move for doing that. Yeah. Um and that, like, they are also almost certainly an adult,
0: or or at least <laughs> and can do things like if the if the if the other characters are young or are, are kids, then they're a young adult. Like the gym leader must be the oldest in the right. group.
1: The gym leader must be the oldest in the group always, uh, whether that's like the eighteen year old with a bunch of kids or like. Uh, if, a a a a fifty year old if everybody else or is you're grown. a grandmother yeah <laughs> right, right yeah or you're a grandma like that's it sounds so much fun to me um but but one of the other things the gym leader has is basically an obligation to his or her gym yeah uh so like your drop and also your Pokemon might have additional moves because they are strong you're a gym leader yeah yeah uh and so like where everyone else might have they might get a team of three and they might pick you know three moves that they all that all these you know have access to that must be under certain types the gym leader might get a fourth
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay or can get twice the amount under uh, you know if it's the water gym you get to pick eight water moves or whatever i'm spitballing numbers it probably wouldn't be that high but like they get extra yeah because they have strong pokemon um and like their relationship with the pokemon they might start at a higher track or whatever and maybe you know, progress differently. But but the gym leader's drawback is that they they are tied to a location. They must return to their gym at some point. Right. They have to maintain their yep. gym supremacy. They have to maintain they have to maintain their gym supremacy. And then like you might get a really interesting character arc where like people are coming to challenge the gym leader. I
0: was actually wondering about that if we shouldn't have like like one of the other downsides of being a gym leader is you draw attention, not not just like good attention with like, oh you're a gym leader and you have all the, you know, all the honors and benefits that come with that but also oh you're a gym leader seven ten year olds want to challenge you right now <laughs>
1: <Stand> <laughs> <a batch>. <laughs> <laughs> right and like you could there could also be interesting drama there of like i don't have my badges we're a hundred miles from my gym i am trying to herd this idiotic 15 year old who thinks he's gonna go fight god well this 10
0: year old this 10 year old is the son of the town's mayor and they're not gonna let you in until you let him battle you because he's he needs this badge (laughs) you gotta figure this
1: out right sorry Uh, i'm running the game now that's not we we, we both sort of started running the game right then uh so but then you have like so we already discussed that a relationship with a pokemon is important yes. and your relationship to other characters is important. So, like maybe what the breeder can do is be more fluid with the moves they have access to because they are breeding and changing their Pokemon loadout always. Maybe,
0: yeah. But then I'm I'm worried. And they, under- they, I'm worried, they understand about Pokemon. referring
1: to that to it as a loadout
0: because l- I I want to come at it from the idea of like these these aren't just these aren't just moves.
1: These aren't these are creatures, and How I don't want to abstract moves-
0: it down to loot or gear.
1: Move array or like things that your Pokemon can do.
0: Yeah, you could be because you're a breeder. Um, because this is right. something. This is something that exists in the game. If you know what you're doing, you can the breed pokemon in such a way that they can learn moves that they wouldn't normally have access to or they'd have higher yeah, stats you know. or you know if you're really good you can figure out like your odds of getting a shiny pokemon that way um maybe the creator so, is like you have fewer pokemon but one of your pokemon is it, it knows a move it should not it shouldn't know or it shouldn't know. it's shiny <laughs> which i don't know what uh, that would yeah. be in this
1: game but that sounds cool we gotta have that well, like- if it has a if 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 we're giving pokemon like quality tags shiny could be one of them that it would be could be like the valuable tag in apocalypse world mm-hmm. yeah. which what does that mean it means it has value yeah <laughs> it's just a valuable it's valuable it's a valuable thing it's yeah. rare it's different people are going to notice it it might cause drama there could be things that key off of it purely so like tag. but also when you're when you're talking about like building a, something like if we're talking about the under the hood look there is a point where you're going to be a little bit clinical about it mm-hmm. so like the what the breeder does mechanically from a strictly kind of cold clinical standpoint is what it does mechanically is be able to to alter the way the pokemon alt- a- interact with the game world mechanically so that's adjusting their moves it might be adjusting their stats it might be giving them things outside of type or whatever so play play a breeder if you like doing that sort of thing anyway so does that sell you on that idea a little bit more
0: uh, I, I i know what you're saying about like if we're talking about it system wise we have to get clinical and we have to look at it as a collection of stats but i also want to make sure that we don't take that so far that it bleeds into the narrative of of these these creatures are interchangeable
1: for me do you yeah, know what i mean that's what you play test. that's, what you that's play test for. that's true <laughs> <laughs> i i understand your concern and i think we can make it work but we're right now just sort of spitballing ideas so we've
0: we've we've got kind of a good uh i think going with the how to handle the relationship between the player character and their pokemon and whether that even whether there's even a difference um but the next cool thing about pokemon is actually making them fight how do we handle right. fighting them how do we handle pokemon on pokemon action
1: right so here is where we would have to start building our basic moves right okay uh so like Pokemon attack is certainly going to be a basic move. Okay. Or command Pokemon, depending on how you want to frame it and build that game feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Pokemon fight, maybe, maybe we do an initiative thing, maybe we don't. I prob- would probably almost rather not.
0: Yeah, it's, always, um, it's almost always just one-on-one. It's like a duel, right. basically. Um,
1: yeah, so like, you pick which Pokemon you're calling out first. And if we're going with, like, you have a team, and then you have a collection of moves you use in battle uh from the kind of pokemon you are allowed to have uh obvious uh, with like maybe a like you know you, you use them appropriately so if you're playing the kid you know the f- future champion and you're like i choose pikachu then you, you're like okay well i'm not going to use um you know water gun with yeah. Pikachu. yeah
0: but you know that's that's just narrative, it, narrative e- even
1: though water gun may be in the list of moves your pokemon can
0: use right um but then when when we talk about like the pokemon fight um Mm -hmm. it's it's understood that it's like okay it's an rpg they all have stats and those affect the speed of their attack and the strength of their attack and also how many hit points they have so how many attacks they can take before they're they're taken out um how do we want to handle that kind of a system do we want to actually give them like a numerical hp do we want to go with like a damage clock from like vanilla vanilla apocalypse world how, or do we want to do with like the boxes? Or how how do you think that would be? How do you think that should be handled? Oh
1: man, the clock is always kind of weird to me. Yeah, yeah, um, and also in Pokemon, it's never my... it's
0: never a death. It's always a, f- a faint. no. It's always a faint. Yeah, and and the consequence guess... the consequence of death is just this Pokemon can't be used until
1: it is revived at a certain point. Right. So how long do you want a fight to go on? hmm And how important is it to you to reflect that, like, a Pikachu is maybe squishier than an Onix? Right. Um,
0: hmm. It seems important, so, like, but on honestly, when when it comes to abstracting pokemon fights down the coolest parts Mm -hmm. are the like elemental rock paper scissors like knowing okay water beats fire fire beats grass grass beats fucking water (laughs) 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 except you know times a million there's like whole charts and shit fairy beats dragon psychic beats fucking what a psychic even beat fighting fighting yeah. <laughs> yeah okay the the elemental rock paper scissors um seems to be like the coolest most fun part of the game but we are already sort of getting weird with it if we go with the idea that playbooks are type limited
1: um right so if you use like a tag system for your pokemon yes you can say pikachu is you know uh small um electric and maybe that's it
0: right? yeah it could be you get a you could type do another tags. tag maybe
1: for uh first evolution maybe depending if we want to get if we want to get that granular i, I, don't, don't, I, don't, I think don't
0: think it. that would have as much of an effect
1: right so i, I, so I like pikachu, the the tag system because Pi- sorry right because pikachu is small small pokemon only have three hits okay uh because I'm, I'm i'm literally just making this up as i'm going along right now and because pikachu is electric that means he's you know he's electric to he's weak to ground and he's good against out the ground right good against flying right uh so you already know those two so if you're if you're engaged in a pokemon battle and you're using pikachu and someone calls out like jigglypuff you don't really have any particular advantages and jigglypuff is also small so maybe it also has three hits you know small normal fairy yeah it's very now Fairy later okay right right so then you get you get appropriate tags or whatever and those determine things so then like uh pikachu uses thundershock which as we previously talked about like pokemon there being a pool of moves for your pokemon team mm-hmm. you've thundershock in there pikachu can use it pikachu uses thundershock uh maybe do like a, a hack and slash kind of thing. Okay. Where like, you know, on a ten plus you do a hit, on a seven to nine, pick two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On on a thing you miss. Um with uh it's super effective and it's not very effective being added to it depending on type advantage.
0: Okay. How does that come in then? How do we
1: abstract uh, if it's that? super effective when you hit when when you when you deal like when you would hit enough to to do a hit, you do another one.
0: Oh, okay. So you do two hits for super effective. Right. But then for not right. very so effective, would it half a hit? How does it work?
1: Um, One less to a to a minimum of zero.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, alright. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so like uh, maybe a medium po- sized Pokemon which would be like, I don't know Wartortle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if size, because size. Oh, you know, if we're gonna start, start talking about size in Pokemon, it gets fucking weird. <laughs>
1: it gets fucking weird. So like, let's, let's maybe you just maybe you just do small if it's something particularly little, like, I, Poke, I like a Pikachu. Think that we and should... large if it's something particularly big. Yeah, if
0: it's if it's to, like a, a defining the... feature of that Pokemon, like right. Joltik would be small because it's the smallest fucking thing in the world, or Pikachu right. could be fast because it has a really high speed. Pikachu is quick and that's its tag. right? Or, you know, Onix maybe is the, tough. Or, right. you know, yeah, whatever would be the defining feature of that Pokemon.
1: Right, and then you could, you could use that, like, maybe all Pokemon have four hits unless they are tiny, and then they have one less. Uh, or if they're large, and then they have one more. Or rather, tough. Maybe we should right. attach that to tough.
0: Right. But then for small, it could be Oh, it's got fewer, it can take fewer hits, but it is harder itself to hit because it's so small So
1: try to balance it out. Right. Though that does make it weird because you don't want to mess with the 7 to 9, 6 minus 10 plus. But you could say small is just a flat minus one. Yeah. When, when targeting it with attacks.
0: Yeah. They take, yeah, take a negative one forward to attack it.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and then you could have other moves like Lear uh, would give minus one forward. Yeah, when you apply them rather than straight up attacks. Yeah, and then you could do things like Harden, which then, uh, you know, reduces hits again by one to a minimum of zero.
0: I'm worried that we might be getting too too granular though if we're going to start picking out moves and then attaching system to it. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just leaving it narrative.
1: Yeah, but we're already doing a. PBTA hack? Yeah. And I what we've discussed is not any more complex than Dungeon World. Yeah, okay. Like PBTA is still kind of a traditional RPG. So how how do you see as much as I just offended everyone on the f- former members of the Forge by saying that. Yeah,
0: don't yeah, careful. Um <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how should the duel play out? Let's let's say it's just a straight up like my character has three pokemon, this NPC has three pokemon how how does the back and forth go
1: right At so what i would say that the PC, it end? right the pc goes first Un- unless there's a, the the npc has the npc pokemon has a special move or they're tagged or you quick can either, or something like that. or they're tagged quick or whatever like and if there's there's two quick ones um flip a coin or whatever uh, uh in player character versus npc player character always goes first unless special effect okay Um, which could also be like the result of a GM hard move. Like, cause you could mess up and then fall into a scene that results in a Pokemon battle where you are going second because you failed.
0: You stepped on a Ekans (laughs) and and it gets to go first.
1: Right. Um, Also the possibility of like, you know, there's Pokemon on the tall grass. It's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And then you just open with your Pokemon uses moves. Okay. Sort of what I did for the Sailor Moon thing. Like you have attacks, you have your magical attacks. That was almost too many steps, like I, th- I think I would streamline it more, so like thundershock is its particular thing it 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 does x amount of hits on a ten plus it on a seven to nine it does these things on a six it does this mhm, and then all moves sort of follow the same structure, or you can or you could write Pokemon attack is this seven to nine does a hit or a ten plus does a hit seven to nine does a hit, but uh not a six minus you miss what, what i'm concerned uh, with is
0: where where before i was like speaking like from a playbook standpoint that the player and the pokemon mm-hmm. are are permeable there's no difference during a mm-hmm. fight there is a difference because you're a dude right. with three different monsters and only one can be engaged in a duel at a time so mm-hmm. how do how do we handle that how do we handle okay pikachu i choose you oh fuck pikachu i shouldn't have chose you <laughs> like how do you handle okay
1: never mind squirtle get out there you can never fail to swap your pokemon okay like, there's never instance in any of the game where you could fail to swap your Pokemon, right? Even when they're confused, there you are still can't. there are sometimes
0: penalties or consequences, but I don't right. think you can fail to bring out a Pokemon. There right. so might I, be a status that. Hang on. Well, we'll we'll assume uh, for now that so no, you can't fail.
1: Important to the way the game plays that you should be able to fail calling back your Pokemon. Uh, I would say no, no. Okay, so you can always recall your Pokemon if you realize that they have a type disadvantage or you've caught, become auto or you're being hit by a GM move, right? Yeah. But you that can always s- takes
0: up- stow a Pokemon, no penalty, no problem.
1: That takes up your action. Okay. So calling back Pikachu, throwing out Squirtle, that's what you're doing this turn. Cool. So Squirtle is going to get hit by whatever the, the enemy's next move is. Right. Ah,
0: set mode. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it has to kind of be set move. It's a tabletop RPG. Yes. So that's but because if you can just switch with no consequences, then there's no, then there's no reason not to just continuously switch to get the best that result.
0: solves that. And then we can have just a small part at the end of the playbook that lists your three or four guys with little boxes to denote, okay, this is how many hits they've already taken. And maybe like a blank line for a status effect. If we want to include status effects. Just to keep track of, like, if we're going to be switching our guys in and out, you want to know, okay, Pikachu already took a hit, and it's confused. Now
1: Squirtle is out. Um, yeah, I mean, status effects are pretty easy to do. Yeah, just a tag, mostly. Just a tag, yeah. Yeah, and probably try to keep them short and simple. I know that, like, the later games have added a ton more, but we could probably stick with paralyzed, confused. Asleep. I've dropped. Asleep, right. How can I forget <laughs> about Asleep. You know, we should also like if we were going to do this more seriously we should really look at the card game too
0: ah yes that's a good idea because which
1: i which i haven't played since i was a kid either yeah it
0: it also simplifies things pretty nicely yeah yeah um do we want to put a pin in this and maybe do pokemon by the apocalypse part two should our patreon get high enough
1: yeah, how about we, we end it here? We'll just release a long, it's not like we have to worry about server space anymore. This will just be a long episode, so if you guys like the Homebrew Jam, like, if you were really jiving on listening to the two of us talk out design like this, contribute to our Patreon.
0: This is and... our Patreon preview episode. Um, yeah. I guess technically this would be a bonus, bonus experience experience, but I like the subclass of having having uh, Homebrew Jams and kind of yeah, where we like just spilling like- the shit out.
1: Yeah, uh, and they'll probably be closer to an hour long. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll put it under the umbrella of bonus content. Um, we're probably more likely to do this kind of bonus content once we hit the $75 a month mark and we release two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, then that will probably lean more towards the first one is a fun shoot the shit 15 minutes. It's us talking off topic or doing a mini episode about something tangentially gaming related. Uh, and then the second one will be a jam like this yeah how's that sound yeah that sound good to you guys if that sounds good to you um subscribe to our patreon and then we'll probably put up polls and stuff about what to talk about um but hey if you want to give us a topic to jam on you can email us at bonus expcast.com
0: yeah just Stop throw on. out a throw out a setting or a theme
1: and a system and and we'll be yeah. like yeah let's fucking do it i totally just said our email was bonus expcast.com oh monica cast at gmail.com bonus at gmail.com <laughs> Yep. Or you can send us a DM on Twitter at bonus expcast. Yup. Yep. And I think that's it. Yeah. Our Patreon goes live March 5th. If you'd like this, subscribe.
0: Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Go. Do it. Get out of here. Everybody get out.
1: All right. Fine.
0: And change it if you want to.
1: See you later. Thanks for listening. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Our cover art and logo are by Nino Studios, and our opening theme is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK, which is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons License. This podcast guarantees plus one enhancement to running games, which applies before you roll. See you next time.